Hey guys, and welcome back to the Pennies to Pounds podcast with your host Kay. And this is the podcast where we aim to dispel myths, simplify difficult financial jargon, and rectify your own personal problems. We are back. I know we had a one week hiatus, we had a one week break, but we are back. And we are back with penny problems as promised. So for those of you who are new and don't know what penny problems is, this is the episode where we answer any dilemmas you have, we answer any questions you may have. You can send them in either via email address. You can put it, we have Instagram stories sometimes which allow you to, you know, send us your questions directly. So we'll get it that way. We've also organized now a Facebook group where the link will put it on our social media so you can join and that should make it easier for everyone to kind of build a community. We can all engage with each other and also be a forum for you to put in questions and we will answer them. We're going to try and do penny problems once a fortnight, so once every two weeks, since a lot of you have some questions and then you know for sure your question will be answered whether you put it in any of the forums I mentioned. We will get it and we will answer it. So hopefully that is really good. So we're here to penny problems today, which I'm really excited haven't done penny problems in a while so it'd be good to answer some of your questions before we go ahead if you love pennies to pounds you love the the platform and you want to get more exclusive access you can do so by subscribing to our patreon the link will be in the episode description and we offer a wide range of things going from one-to-one phone calls monthly q a's a whole host of benefits and we're always adding more so go and have a look and see if there's anything that interests you, subscribe, join, and we have more content coming for you that way. Yes, but let's get straight into it, straight into penny problems. So the first question, what is the best savings account since the Help to Buy Eyesight is now closed? This is one from the previous episode, which is about mortgages. So with regards to mortgages and saving up for a house, for example, the... The economy right now is not good. It's not good. We all know that interest rates are like rock bottom at the moment. So if you're looking in terms for saving for a house, then the other option from the to buy ISA is obviously the lifetime ISA. For those of you who don't know, quick rundown, the lifetime ISA superseded. So it took over and replaced the help to buy ISA for first time buyers to buy their property. And this is a government backed scheme which means that the government will give you 25% bonus on top of your savings. So the maximum you can save in a lifetime ISA per year, that's per tax year, so that's April to April, is £4,000. And that means that if the government gives you 25% on top, you get an extra £1,000 on top of your savings each year. So you can use that to save up for your first house or for retirement, whichever one you want to use. So that is almost like the only thing that's in place right now for first-time buyers if you're looking to save that way. There are many websites like Compare the Market and Money Supermarket which can compare savings accounts for you. So you can have a look and decide what's going to be working best for you. We'll also put a comparison on our website as well on pennyspans.co.uk to make life a bit easier so you can have a look that way. But yes, hopefully that helped a little bit to make sense of what to do. Next question. So just just a little recap. These questions right now are going to be more house related because these are the ones I didn't get to answer in the last episode. And then we'll go on to your other questions. Don't worry, you haven't forgot them. Yes. Next one is what are the hidden costs when it comes to buying a house? And this is a really good question because a lot of people just save and think, right, I need to save up 10% of my ideal property value for my house forgetting that there are so many other fees involved, it is crazy. So one that I mentioned in the last episode is if your house is over £300,000, then you may have to pay stamp duty, so that's another tax. You're going to factor that in, that'll be 5% of your property value, or between 3 to 5%, depends on how much you have to factor that in. You also need solicitors to help you to 
finalise and get all the paperwork done. Unfortunately, you can't do it yourself. So you have to factor in solicitor's fees. You're going to need a mortgage broker to help you actually find the best mortgage for you. That's, again, another fee. There are a lot of fees involved when it comes to saving a house. So the average guideline is to save up about three to 5000 on top of your regular savings to cover any additional costs such as that, where you'll need to pay people, pay mortgage brokers, pay solicitors, pay all these different things when it comes to purchasing your house. So that's something to factor in, something to remember when you're actually going to purchase your house, that there will be other fees involved. So if you save up just the right amount, just for the mortgage and just for the house, then you'll likely, you might have to borrow, you might have to use friends and family if you don't factor any additional costs. If you want to know more, we can do a further episode, breaking it down a bit more and going to depth about the different hidden costs. But yes, that is, there are hidden costs and that's what they are. You can definitely have a Google find out some other ones, but yes, that's what that is. The next question is, what is the best website to find a mortgage broker? And that's a really good question again. There are loads of different mortgage brokers and it's probably worth noting that now, obviously right now we're in COVID, it's COVID-19. So everything is kind of turned into the web. So I wouldn't necessarily say that there's one that's the best but if you want to find mortgage brokers just have have a google there are again there's comparison sites for everything there is a website called unbiased as in u-n-b-i-a-s-e-d.co.uk which allows you to compare and go through mortgage brokers and advisor to find someone best suited for you there's a whole host of different mortgage brokers online so definitely have a look and find the one that works for you. Just because one works for your friend or for your mom or for your auntie doesn't mean it's going to be the right one for you. And there's loads out there. There's even loads which are literally just online. So go and have a look and go and have a research and see what best suits you. Another question here, which I think I have touched on before, is I have helped to buy ISA. Should I get a lifetime ISA as well? Which I'm sure many of you may be thinking, you may have one, should I get the other as well? If you have a help to buy. It's a really good question again. And this all depends on what you're trying to save for. If you didn't know, you can have the help to buy and the lifetime. That's perfectly fine. So if you open up a help to buy before it closed last year in November, and now you're saying, you know what, I think I might want to get a lifetime ISA as well. In addition, you absolutely can. It's just worthwhile noting that you only get the bonus, 25% bonus on one of the accounts. Unfortunately, you can't get it on both. It's just on one. So if you have decided that you want the lifetime eyesight, that's perfectly fine, but you will forfeit the, the bonus on one of them, one of the accounts. But if you just wanted it for extra savings, that's absolutely fine. It is also worthwhile noting that if you decide, you know what, I have my help to buy ISA, but I think the lifetime ISA is going to better suit me, then you can absolutely contact a lifetime ISA provider. There are quite a few online. Contact one of them. Tell them that you're interested and that you've got help to buy ISA and they'll help you with the transition of moving your money and your savings over from the help to buy ISA into the lifetime ISA. By doing that, you've effectively closed one and gone to another, but it will also allow you to earn the bonus on the lifetime ISA without having to forfeit it because you had the help to buy. So if if that is something you want to do, don't take it into your own hands and say, you know, what, I'm just going to open up a lifetime ISA and just close my help to buy because you will forfeit the bonus contact your lifetime ice provider, whoever you want to go to, let them know you've got help to buy and they'll help you with that smooth transition of moving your money over and still being able to be eligible for the government bonus. So it's completely up to you if you want to have both, but just be mindful that if you do have both, you'll be forfeiting the bonus on one of them. We have another question here. And this question says, any advice on how to get your partners clued up on finances? 
I really struggle with my boyfriend as he has no savings or pension and struggles to stick to a debt payment or financial plan. And we have a mortgage together. That is a really, really interesting situation. So this person, your boyfriend, doesn't really know much about finances and doesn't seem to be very good with his finances. And you have, obviously, this big loan, mortgage loan, out together. What I would say is definitely encourage your boyfriend. I know he probably won't be interested. Definitely encourage your boyfriend to read up on some resources. There are plenty, plenty of websites out there, whether it's it's us, pennies to pounds, whether it's um, Martin Lewis, Money Saving Expert, whoever it is, there's so many different platforms out there, whether it's a podcast, however he learns best, which it might be visual. There are different YouTube channels which cater to that. It may be audio, so there's podcasts. It may also just be, you know, writing. He likes to, to read posts. Wherever it is, try and guide him to resources that can help him. Maybe have having these open office conversations, you might already do so, or you might not. But just having these conversations with your partner can make things a lot better, especially when you've got this big loan together. Because ultimately, you want the best for him. You want the best for him and his finances. You don't want him to go and blow his money unnecessarily. So you are going to have to have this conversation with him and just kind of educate him and just teach him how to manage his finances. Even if, if you know, you may think, oh, I'm, I'm unsure. There are, like, like I mentioned earlier, there are plenty of resources which can help guide you especially guide you on those conversations with your boyfriend but ultimately I love this saying you can bring a horse to water but you can't make it drink that basically means that you can give him all the resources but you can't force him to take it in I really hope he will but people are going to people at the end of the day so he has to change with regards to his finances when he's ready to change and he's not going to do it at our will at your will unfortunately people will change when they feel like it not because we want them to so yes, hopefully that helped a bit. Start off with the resources, start off with the open conversations and hopefully that should kind of bring things in and make him feel a bit better and ultimately want to change the way he manages his finances going forward. We have another question here. It says, I want to purchase my first house next year slash next 18 months. I have built up my credit rating for the last few years to a point where it is in a good situation. I have saved quite a bit for a deposit, but now need to purchase a car too. Due to incurring a few problems with cars um, and ULES, yeah, ULES? ULES in effect in Greater London from the next year has put me in a position now. I primarily need a car for work. I wanted to lease a vehicle, but I'm fearing it will affect my credit rating, which in turn, when in time, in getting a property will my credit may not look as good as it should. Do I take a hit on savings or go at least one? What would I do? Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you so much for sending this one in. This is actually a really good question. We're almost in a rock and a hard place here, right? Because you've got the money. If you needed to, you could take out that money and buy your car outright right now today because you've got the savings. But in saying that, that would delay your timeline for buying a house and that would make it go from 18 months time to poss possibly two and a half years time, right? So that could set you back again because you'd have to save up and replace that money. Alternatively, you could take out a lease on the car and that means that you don't touch your money, your money remains there and you're good. But then equally, your credit rating will ultimately fall because any land of credit you take out will have a hit on your credit score. It's not, it's not going to be huge, 
but it will cause your credit score to decrease. It's just how it works, just how it happens. If you apply for an overdraft, apply for a credit card, apply for a store card, anything that's credit-based, phone contract, your credit score will decrease naturally. That's just how it works. In this situation, if you are on track to save up for your house for the next 18 months, and that is what you want to stick to, you want to stick to 18 months and you want to move in and have your first place, then if it were me, I would lease the car. Although it will have an effect on my credit score, it's not going to be super bad. And when you do come to get a mortgage, the the bank will take into account your, your income, obviously what you have out in lines of credit. But as long as your income can justify the credit... Um, the car payments, as well as your future mortgage payments, then you'll be fine. Equally, if if you don't mind, you're more flexible and you're like, you know what, I can actually wait. I know I said 18 months, but I can push it back another year after that. Then everyone knows my stance. I'm always like, if you can buy something outright, then do so. I, I like to have minimal credit on my head in my name as, as possible so I will just try and buy everything outright or if I do have to use credit I'll try and pay it back as soon as I can because I don't like having these things on my head so hopefully that helps if you're flexible then buy outright if not and you want to move in 18 months which again is perfectly fine then going at the lease car it's, it's completely up to you hopefully that helps a little bit another question hi Kay I just wanted to start by saying I love your podcast and I've been following you ever since you started posting threads about help to buy ices, which I've now opened. Thank you so much. So my question is, I have heard you speak about multiple bank accounts. Can you explain in more detail what you use each account for and can you suggest the best ways to take advantage of high interest accounts? Hope that makes sense. Keep up the amazing work and loving the rebrand. Thank you so much for that. I know I've, I've mentioned all the time, I think I've said it on the podcast and I always tweeted that I have, I have. I've counted it. I have seven savings accounts and I have, let me count my current accounts. I have one, one, two, three, four, five. And I have five current accounts. Yeah. So I have five bank accounts essentially and then seven different savings pots. And the reason I have this, and this is just me, this is just how I work. So I get... I get paid into one, right? So I get paid into one of my accounts and I split up my money. So obviously I put money in savings and that's all there. You know, I've got my other savings spots. But the way I do it is I'll have my money there, right? I've got certain bills coming out from another account. So I put money into that account and I'll just cover those bills and that's good. Then I may have, obviously we're in COVID right now, but pre-COVID, I would have another account where I would just send my travel money to and that'll be my travel bank card so whenever i'm tapping in london and i'm tapping using the underground i have to fill up petrol i've got money in that account purely for travel and then another one will be my frivolous spending so if i'm going out to see friends i'm going out to eat i've got money in that account and then the other one will just be like a pot of money just there like a full back full back on pot almost so you could ultimately you don't have to have it in a current account you can put that one in savings i just have i just like to have it handy because sometimes you find yourself caught out and i hate going to shops and I'm like, oh, I've got to transfer money from this account to this account. So I just have that there, not in a savings account, just for really quick access. So that's that's the reason why I do it. It's more almost like a like a budgeting method for me because I'm able to put my money into different pots and use the cards respectively. There is no additional benefit 
Like I'm not getting any extra like cashback or anything else. It's just for me purely for budgeting. I find it a lot easier and I've gone through low budgeting methods and there is no like one size fits all with regards to budgeting. It's just what works for you. And that's what I found works for me. So I put it in different current accounts and I use them all respectively for whatever they're there for. Hopefully that helps. The best way to take advantage of high interest accounts Obviously, your high interest accounts aren't as high interest right now because of the market that we're in, because of the climate that we're in. What I would say is if you have savings that are just sitting there and a lot of these, the way that you get the high interest is because you either get like a nine to five day notice account, which basically means that if you want to take out your money, you have to give nine to five days worth of notice. So it has to be, I want to take out my money, but I want to take it out in three months time. So you let them know three months in advance. If you need it for tomorrow, then you're not going to get your money back. That's how you get, you are able to benefit from the high interest rate. So if you have money like that, we are just like, you know what, this is like house savings or this is car savings. I'm not getting a car for another year. Then put a chunk of money into a high interest savings account and leave it there and let it earn you some money. That's exactly what I'd say. If you have a chunk of money, which you don't need and you know, you don't dip into it, then do that. If you're like, you know what? Yes, right now I don't need it, but in two months time I could then I would just say, continue on with a regular savings account. I know the interest rate is rubbish at the moment. I'm well aware. I know it's not good. COVID-19 has come for everyone, come for everything, come for our economy. But that's what I'd say. Just for ease and access, keep it in a regular savings account. If it's money that you can do without and you don't need and you haven't touched and you won't touch for another year, two years, then throw it in a high interest savings account. Hopefully that helped a bit to kind of understand what you should do with regards to to your money and your savings last question i'm gonna do is about store cards i like this hello Kay. i wonder if you could give me some advice i apologize if you already discussed this on your podcast but i've recently found your instagram i started listening to your podcast and i'm on episode one uh no from episode one and i'm up to episode 14 i have a next store card and i wanted to clear it using a zero percent credit card balance transfer but when i tried this it wasn't possible. I tweeted them to ask if there was a certain reference I had to put before my account number to do the balance transfer, but they advised me that they don't accept balance transfers. What would you suggest is the easiest way to clear the store card at 0%? Will I have to get a bank loan? Any help would be much appreciated. Thank you for sending that question. Again, this is me just talking because I don't know the intricate details about your store cards. I don't know how much money you have on there. I don't know if there's a limit, like you need to pay it off by this time. I don't know those kind of details. I'm going to be talking very broadly because I'm not too sure about the specifics of this situation. If you're not able to do a balance transfer and you've tried and you've contacted not only Next, but you've contacted your bank to see if there's anything on, on their side that's preventing you from doing a transfer, then what I would say is me personally, I wouldn't, I personally wouldn't get a bank loan to cover that unless, like I said, unless you have a time frame that you have to meet, like you have to have clear this balance by a certain time. And obviously we're under different constraints. I'm just talking, if you just are to pay it off when you pay it off and you just want to pay it off early and pay it off as soon as possible, then I personally, for me, I wouldn't get a bank loan. I don't think it works a bank loan for me. So what I would say is there isn't really any way to get the 0%. If you're not able to transfer it onto 0% credit card, then there probably isn't any way to benefit from 0%. If you have friends or family who may be able to lend you money, even if you get three, four people together to give you small amounts to reach the amount that you need, that is probably the best 
way. Obviously, I know some friends and families do charge interest on, the, you know, the kind of loans. But but in general, most people don't charge interest. I don't charge interest on my family when I loan the money. Hopefully, you have access to friends and family who wouldn't do that as well. So that's essentially the 0%. So if you can get some sort of loan from friends and family, then that might be the best way to be able to pay off your store card. Again, I don't know how much you have to repay back. I don't know the payment terms. But if you're able to do so, then I would definitely encourage that. Otherwise, just take your time. There may not be, you may have to pay off the interest if you're not able to get help friends and family, if you're able to do balance transfer. If you want to get a bank loan, again, that's completely up to you and to your prerogative, your situation. But if it was me personally, I wouldn't get a bank loan. I'd try and exhaust all my other options that I mentioned. And if not, I'd probably just suck up the interest and just pay it off as much as I can. Any extra money I get, I'll be throwing it onto that store card. Just cut it down, cut it down, cut it down. That's what I would do. Hopefully that helps a bit. Hopefully that all made sense. Thank you guys again for listening. We'll be back again next week with another episode of the Penny's Pounds podcast. Again, if you want to get access to bonus content, one-to-one calls, live Q&As, everything, all those things, then click on our Patreon page and join and subscribe. We've got all that coming, all that waiting. We'll be adding new perks all the time. The link will be in the episode description for you to go and check out. Remember, we've got a Facebook group as well. Check out our socials. So follow us on Instagram and Twitter to keep up to date with the Facebook group and we'll let you know. In the next episode, we'll put like a direct link there. But we'll keep up to date with that. So that'll be a good way for everyone to kind of build this community, build this financial literacy community, communicate with each other, as well as put in questions directly for penny problems, which we are now going to do fortnightly. So every two weeks, we'll have a new episode. So if you have any questions, send it over to us via our social channels. Email us at info at penniespounds.co.uk. Send it in and we will answer it in the next two weeks. As always, have a great week. Be positive. Work hard. Opportunities will come to you in abundance. And let's continue learning. Until next week, guys. Bye.